Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. When the world attacks, you need to make Jesus your defense. Make him your advocate, your defense attorney, and let him fight your battle for you. Verse 10. When the governor had nodded for him to speak, Paul responded, knowing that for many years you have been a judge to this nation, I cheerfully make my defense, since you can take note of the fact that no more than 12 days ago I went up to Jerusalem to worship. He addresses the court. You ever stand before a judge? You need to be respectful, right? Uh, Your honor and you speak when spoken to, and uh, you don't battle a judge. Have you seen that before? That's a big mistake. The judge can throw your butt in jail, hold you in contempt. How dare you? This is my court. You sit down. You be quiet. You know, the judge runs the show, right? And so Paul is wise, the protocols and how to address the court, and he gives respect. And he gives his defense. You know, I've only been here like 12 days, about a week in Jerusalem, and I didn't come to cause trouble. I came to worship at the temple, holy pilgrimage, as is the custom of the Jews. Verse 12, neither in the temple, nor in the synagogues, nor in the city itself did they find me carrying on discussion with anyone or causing a riot. It's all lies. I didn't come to preach and teach. Uh, I didn't cause a riot. I didn't get people all riled up. I just came into the Holy Temple just to worship, to pray, to give alms, to fulfill the customs of the Jews. Verse 13, Nor can they prove to you the charges of which they now accuse me. Where's the proof? Where's the witnesses? Innocent until proven guilty. It's all drummed up. It's false accusations. Verse 14. But this I admit to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I do serve the God of our fathers. I admit I'm a Christian. I admit I'm a part of Christianity and the Christian church. I serve Christ and his body, right? We confess Christ. We confess our allegiance to him. Uh, And the church was called the way, kind of the nickname for the Christians, because Jesus is our way. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. We go the way of Christ, And Jesus doesn't just show you the way, he becomes your way, your way to God, your way to salvation, your way to live. We model Christ, he walks with us, his Holy Spirit shows us every day the way to go. So it's not like, well, here's the instructions, do your thing. Jesus says, no, I'll become your instructions. I'll be with you every day, an ongoing relationship. So the nickname of the church, the way, and they were a sect or a branch or a break off from Judaism. But they served the true God, the God of the Jews, 
a Jewish heritage, Yahweh, believing everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets. Christians accept the same Bible, the Old Testament, as the Jews, the law and the prophets. The same 39 books of the Old Testament are accepted by Judaism and Christianity alike. We follow the same scriptures. You know, Moses, Abraham, the prophets, all it's the same Old Testament. But... We do add the New Testament. We do add Jesus because he is our Messiah. And he pointed his apostles and disciples who write the New Testament. Verse 15, having a hope in God. When you're a Christian, you get hope. Jesus is our hope. He's coming back for us. He's going to save us. It's all going to be Okay, in the end, which these men cherish themselves, that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. It is the resurrection of the dead. It is a major tenant, a doctrine of the Christian faith. The church believes that humanity will be raised from the grave that the Christians will be resurrected unto life. That's the good news. But the non-Christians will be resurrected unto death. That's the bad news. There is life after death. There is a heaven and a hell. And this is what we believe. Verse 16. In view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men. Christianity is about living the real life, practicing what you preach. You know, we don't become one way at church and another way at home. Christianity should be real, sincere. This is the real me. We should act the same, the Christian life, wherever we are. Business, work, home, pleasure. And Paul is saying, I'm real. I'm genuine. I haven't done wrong. I've had a, a good life. I've lived blameless before men and before God. Verse 17. Now, after several years, I came to bring alms to my nation and to present offerings. Paul has been gone for years on missionary journeys, planting churches, and gathering funds to bring back to Jerusalem to help the Christians that are in need so they can have food and clothes and necessities. He's been gathering a huge offering, and he's presented it to the church. Now he's come to the temple to give alms to the poor to pay his tithes and offerings, if you will. 18. In which they found me occupied in the temple, having been purified. You know, I came to church, I want to pay my tithes, and I did the rituals of cleansing and being clean and pure when I come to God's holy house. Now, they had these bathtubs 
uh, that you could still see today in Jerusalem I've been. And they're like bathtubs with steps, and you step into them and you do a ceremonial cleansing, a type of baptism. And you cleanse yourself before you go to God's holy temple. And Paul knew the rituals and the customs, and he's like, you know, I did the steps. I cleansed myself. I'm being respectful of the temple and of this religion, having been purified without any crowd or uproar. I didn't cause any trouble. I came to church to worship. I'm not a troublemaker. But there were some Jews from Asia who ought to have been present before you and to make accusation if they should have anything against me. It's these troublemakers, these Jews that came from foreign lands and they caused trouble in the temple and they were accusing me and got the crowd stirred up. And where are they? They should be witnesses. They should be here taking the stand. You have no witnesses. You know, where, where are my accusers? Verse 20. Or else let these men themselves tell what misdeed they found when I stood before the council. Earlier, Paul had stood before the Sanhedrin, the high supreme court of Israel. He was on trial, and they really didn't find him guilty Uh, He's innocent. So ask these, ask the high priest, he's here, ask these lawyers who are at my trial. Verse 21. Other than for this one statement, which I shouted out while standing among them, for the resurrection of the dead, I am on trial before you today. Here's what I said when on trial, that I believe in heaven and hell. I believe we will all stand before God. I believe there is life after death. I believe Christians will be resurrected when Jesus comes. Our body will be transformed and we will be raptured out of this place. This is my hope. This is my belief. I'm going to cheat death. My body will be raised from the grave unto life. This is what we hold to. Now, when the devil attacks you, you need not represent yourself. Don't they say when you're on trial, don't hire yourself as your own attorney, right? You need a good attorney. You need the Lord Jesus Christ. He needs to be your defense attorney, your advocate, to fight for you, to stand for you when you battle the devil and his demons and the attacks of the world against you. When I was a young Christian, I would just kind of fall over dead and let the devil, you know, beat me up and kick me in the head. And I'd be like, stop, you know. And then I started to get strong. (laughs) And I'd stand in the Lord and I'd quote scripture and I'd push back the devil out of my life. I don't want your evil, your vices, your tricks, your traps. I'm free in Christ. And there is a confidence that we get in Christ, a, a power where we can stand firm and we can push back through prayer and scripture and, and growing in the church. You become a strong Christian and you can fight back. And with the help of Christ, we can win. 
If anyone sins, we have an advocate or an attorney, a defense attorney with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. The Bible says, speak the gospel. When you come under attack and battles and when you're uh, put before your judges and your jury, use it as an opportunity. Witness for the Lord. Stand for Christ. Give them the gospel like Paul does here, verse 22. But Felix, the judge, having a more exact knowledge about the way, the way is the Christians, the church, Christianity, put them off, saying, When Lysias, the commander, the commander of the Romans, comes down, I will decide your case. Uh, We're taking a recess. We'll take a break here. You know, we're hearing contradiction. We'll bring in our Roman authorities, our Roman witnesses, and this commander to decide who is guilty or innocent. Verse 23. Then he gave orders for the centurion for him to be kept in custody and yet have some freedom and not to prevent any of his friends from ministering to him. Back under arrest, back to your prison cell. But a type of house arrest with privileges, your friends can come and go, you can send correspondence, they can minister to you, they can bring you meals, you know. I'll give you some freedom. I think this was all part of God's plan. God had to confine our apostle so he could not visit the churches anymore. He could not preach in them. So instead he had to write correspondence. He had to write letters and epistles that form the New Testament. And so God made it happen. Paul, you're going to be kept under lock and key, but you're going to be inspired to write these letters Write to Rome, write to Galatia, write to Ephesus, write to the churches, follow up, write all these letters. Uh, The largest contributor to the New Testament is Paul, who is incarcerated. We have what we call the prison epistles, letters that he wrote from prison. Verse 24. But some days later, Felix arrived with Drusilla, his wife, who was a Jewess, and sent for Paul and heard him speak about faith in Christ Jesus. Husband and wife comes. Oh, you have a Jewish background. Well, you know the scriptures. Let me tell you about the Jewish Messiah. Jesus is the Christ. You need to have faith in him. You need to trust in the cross. He was born. He died for your sins. If you place your faith in Christ, you will be saved. You will become born again. Do you see it? He used his trials to present Christ, uh, to explain the gospel, which is faith in Christ. It's not earning and working your way to heaven. It's a free gift, right? Therefore, everyone who confesses me before men, I will confess him before my Father who is in heaven. 
As a Christian, as a witness, you must confess Christ. Don't deny him. That's not good. Because Jesus said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. So we stand for Christ. We admit, I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. My faith is in Christ. He is my hope, right? On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. You don't want to deny Christ. You must stand firm. 25. But as he was discussing righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix became frightened and said, Go away for the present, and when I find time, I will summon you. Heavy witness again and again, and the judge is fearful. The judge fears judgment. (laughs) Do you see it? Paul is telling him, well, righteousness is doing the right thing. Here's what God tells us we should do. And and God wants us to have self-control over vices and addictions and temptations. The fruit of the Spirit, right, is self-control. And, you know, judgment is coming. There is a judgment day. And everyone will give an account Everyone will come under the judgment seat of Christ. And you may be a powerful Roman judge, the highest in the land. You may be the Supreme Court uh, Justice of the United States, the Chief Justice. But yet you will give an account. Even judges will stand before the judgment of Christ. And I think he's never heard this before. No one had the guts to tell him. And our judge is very scared. And he's like, well, I gots to go now. <laughs> uh, let's, I'll hear you some more later. This is getting too heated and, and I'm kind of squirming. Verse 26. At the same time, too, he was hoping that money would be given him by Paul. Therefore, he also used to send for him quite often and converse with him. Oh, yeah, you know, I need some entertainment. Bring Paul and let's talk some more. I have questions about you Christians in the way. You ever have someone do that? Hey, what do Christians believe? I notice you're a Christian. You have a cross, a fish. You carry your Bible. What do you believe? What, what is it that you do? What makes you a Christian? I think you need to answer those questions. Finish those conversations. Don't avoid them. And then at the end, do the closing. You know, I've answered a lot of people's questions. And then when their questions are done, I ask a question. So are you ready? Do you want to pray? Do you want to ask Jesus in your heart? Are you ready to make that commitment and close the deal for the Lord? And very few people have said no. I think most people will say yes, especially if you ask them again and again, are you ready now? You know, I noticed you had some more questions. Do you want to make the commitment to Christ? Uh, Paul had brought in a lot of money, collecting money for the needs of the Jerusalem Christians. And I think our governor wants some of that money. No, the money's all gone. The money's Help the poor. The the money's been spent correctly, and I'm not giving you no money. I'm not paying my way out of this. I'm trusting God. 
I'm going to live righteous. I'm not going to bribe you. It's not about money. Verse 27, but after two years had passed, Felix was succeeded by Procius Festus, and wishing to do the Jews a favor, Felix left Paul imprisoned. The pressure of the Jews, the pressure of a whole religion, Judaism and the priests and the high priest, I've got to please them, I don't want more trouble, no more riots. So I'll leave Paul incarcerated for two years. The world's against us. They want us silenced. They want us in prison. They want to lock us up and throw away the key. We, as Christians, live in a fishbowl. Have you noticed that? They say it about pastors, but I say it about all Christians. People are looking into your life. Oh, what is? what do they say? What do they do? How do they live? Man, what happens when a big trial hits them? When they have a, a, a loss, a death, a divorce, they lose their job. How, how do Christians react? Boy, they act different. Their face, their expression, how they live, what they say. So we're all in a fishbowl, and the whole world is watching us. And you might say, well, don't judge me. Can I tell you, forget that. When you're a Christian, the whole world is judging you, discerning, are they for real? How how are they different than me? Should I be a Christian? And can I tell you, little eyes are watching you, kids and grandkids, family and friends. What is this Christian thing all about? And you may be the only Bible, yes, that some may ever read. Instead of opening the pages of a Bible, they probably don't own a Bible. You are the Bible. You are the witness for Christ. They're seeing if Jesus is for real through the way you live. What is the point of all this? To overcome through Christ. To stand through the trials and attacks. When it gets hard, you need to trust the Holy Spirit. Jesus forewarned his apostles of these trials, and he said, when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not worry about how or what you are to speak in your defense and what you are to say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. But pastor, what am I to say? What am I to do? They're always attacking me. You pray and you say, Holy Spirit, help me. I rely on you. Give me the words. How can I come back? How can I answer this question? How can I defend myself? Holy Spirit, walk with me. Give me your strength and your power. Give me the words to speak. Jesus makes us victorious. You are an overcomer through Christ. And you've been found not guilty through the power of the blood and the cross. You will not come under the accusations and the condemnation of God. Jesus has taken our place. He's been our substitute. He has come under 
the power of the law and he has appeased the wrath of God. And it's enough. And it's true. It is finished. Jesus paid it all. You need not accept the accusations of the devil and the world. Stand strong. You are a winner through Christ. Be bold, confident, and powerful in the Lord, ready to face the coming trials. Let the trials begin. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, be our advocate today. Stand for us. Be our defense attorney. Make a strong Holy Spirit. May we experience your power as we yield to you. May we be your witnesses. May we be your church and your body today. For we pray all these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.